It's time to plan your Disney family vacation. Are you feeling overwhelmed yet? Well, the Scroggin family has visited Disney parks so often, they've become that Disney family everybody talks about. And luckily, they're here to share their tips, opinions, and experiences to help you plan your best trip ever. So, here they are, that Disney family. Hi, and welcome to the We're That Disney Family podcast. We are super excited to be here on part three of our things to think about when planning your Walt Disney World vacation. Uh, this is the third of our three-part series that's going to help you plan the most perfect Disney vacation in the history of the world. But first, you want to know who is on the podcast today. You've got me. My name is Kristen, and I'm the Disney mom, and you've got my husband, George. Hey, howdy, hey. So it's just the two of us today, and we're going to get through some really important information that will help you plan a great trip. The first is um, advanced dining reservations and understanding the different types of dining that exists on Disney property. The next section will be about selecting fast passes. Section three is all about choosing your resort, whether you should go on property or off property. And the last section will be the Walt Disney World app. So lots of information packed in here on this particular podcast. And we're going to make sure that you've got everything you need. Our podcast always talks to you as if you don't really know anything about planning a Walt Disney World trip. It's not really a podcast for Disney news or rumors or inside sneak peeks. It's just designed to help you sort of the first time um, Disney plan, Disney person plan the ideal vacation for you. Okay. Are you ready to get ready, George? I'm ready. Let's start with advanced dining reservations. Okay. Okay. Um, at the time of this recording, we are still in heavy, pretty heavy COVID-19. Uh, Disney stuff is just starting to try to open up. Um, and so we just want to make sure we put it out there. We have no idea how this is going to be changing as COVID-19 grows and develops. And, um, but you can go online and continue checking on all this. Uh, the big thing that you need to know is that advanced dining reservations, you book in advance a certain amount of days depending on if you are on property or off property. Um, and you can change that around in the Walt Disney World app, which we will talk about. But understanding the different types of dining will be really, really advantageous to you before you start doing any kind of ADRs is what you'll hear people refer to them are, the advanced dining reservations. So the first type of dining to consider is character meals. Character meals are where you either have food in a buffet style or a waiter served meal or a family style meal brought to your table. Uh, it's usually more expensive as a meal because what you're really paying for is character interactions. Um, for each character meal, what you have is a designated group of characters that are location based and they rotate to each table in the dining room. So this allows you to take family photographs and get autographs of characters in the air-conditioned restaurant. Uh, it normally takes about an hour for all the characters at that location to rotate to your table. In the meantime, you get to enjoy delicious food, drinks, and time off your feet, which is pretty darn important. Um, be very careful when you are planning these because some locations are character meals for one meal, like just dinner, and not for another meal, like lunch or breakfast. Um, make sure you know which meal has characters, and you can either find that out from your Disney travel, plan, travel agent or when you are booking your ADR online, it will tell you whether it's a character meal or not. Do not assume that all meals are a character meal. Right, Pop? 
Absolutely. There are character meals that are both in parks and there are character meals that are in resorts. Um, if you are going, if you have a character meal booked inside of a park, you must also have a ticket for that park on that day. And if you don't have park hoppers, that is, that's the park you're going to be in that day. That is the park you're going to be in on that day. Um, getting between resorts for a meal can be difficult because... Buses don't run between Walt Disney World resorts, so you need to plan accordingly on that. Um, there are ways around it. I know that they, they've added this sort of mini mini bus service that kind of you can pay. It's almost like an Uber. for. Um, and, and there's definitely ways to take a bus to a park to take a monorail or whatever it is. To, that's how we normally do it. Um, there are ways to get between resorts. It just takes more time. You yes. have to plan that. Uh, into it so um make sure you consider that if you are staying in one resort and you've got a breakfast at another resort you have to figure out how you're going to go about getting that because buses don't run between resorts and it's easy to even if you're not if if you're eating at at a park or you're in a park and you're going to a resort, it's easy to underestimate the amount of time it's going to take you to get there. Yeah, I agree. And there's nothing more stressful than being close to late. Um, So they recommend that you come 15 minutes early for your advanced dining reservations. We've been less than that and been fine before. We've been more than that, and they've let us come in sometimes early. So it just kind of depends. I think there's, there's a good little window if you're late. Um, but I, I wouldn't imagine that that's going to even cross 30 minutes. If you're 30 minutes late to your ADR, you probably lost it. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact number. Um, that's definitely something you can ask, especially if you're staying on property. Ask the concierge what that number is at this point because, again, I've heard different numbers depending on <laughs> where you are, right? Sometimes if it's really packed, it might be different. But in, in every park and in most resorts, there is some type of character meal um, option that exists for you. We love, um, well, there's lots of them that we love. Uh, I, I love um, Crystal Palace. It's one of my favorites with Winnie the Pooh and Friends. Um, I just think the food is delicious, and it's just chill. I like that one. Do you have a favorite? I don't think I have a favorite. Of any character meals? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you've got a yeah, kid that is a my princess... My favorite has nothing to do with Disney World. It's in Disneyland. Oh, so. okay. That's right. If you have a kid that is a princess lover, and I know there are many of you who are listening, I would definitely say go for Akershus, uh, which is in Epcot, where you're going to see the maximum amount of princesses. There are other places to see the princesses. Uh, Cinderella's Royal Table doesn't have all, but it has many. Um, Then there's another one. The thing Um, with Cinderella is it's a smaller restaurant. Very small. Hard to get them. Akershus is, is bigger. But you can also see Cinderella in... At 1900 Park Fair. But that's just Cinderella characters. But then they have Mary Poppins. And for lunch, they have a different one. And then I think at dinner, they have a different one. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner at 1900 Park Fair have different characters at it. So a lot of people totally mess that up thinking they're going to see Cinderella. So um, character meals are great. We mostly like them because it allows us to see the characters that we love and get fed, which you're going to have to do over the course of the day. And this comes back to what we said in part one of, of this series. You sometimes have to make a choice between money and time. Character meals, they're going to cost you. And really, the character meals, we're speaking to the parents with younger children. If your kids are teenagers, they're, you know, that. They're going to be fine. They're going to eat, and it's not going to be a problem. It's when you've got kids that, like, eat four nuggets, and you've paid $35 for that 
breakfast buffet. No, I mean the older <laughs> kids aren't going to care about meeting the characters. I don't know. I don't know that that's true because there are definitely, especially first timers. So when you're taking teenagers for well, the first time, first timers. So like remember when when we took our um, our oldest foster daughter, it was oh my god, this is Mickey. You know what I mean? So and she wanted to see the princesses. She wanted to see all those. So I'm not sure that that's okay. true. But um, I buy that. I wasn't on that. Definitely trip, so youngest ones. Oh, you weren't on that trip. Um, the next level that you've got of experiences are what we call elite dining experiences. An example for this would be Victoria and Alberts. These are sort of like super experiences. You normally have to call and get reservations for these. They're normally going to take your money up front. The whole thing on a credit card. There's a few of these here and there. Um, but I, I don't know that I would suggest a lot of elite experiences if this is a first trip. Would you spend that kind of time? No. I don't know that I would either. I don't know that I would on a 40th trip. But, uh, but okay, but let's, let's assume you're going on your honeymoon. Well, that's different. Right? And, or you're huge foodies, right? And you're all, you love to be able to see how, sit at the chef's table at Victorian Albert's. Like, that would be a big deal if you're a huge food connoisseur. So different people are into different things, but there are those that exist very commonly. They either, if it's an elite dining experience, um, it's going to be two two credits. And a lot of times they will not, for elite ones like Victorian Albert's, you can't use your uh, dining plan at all. You have to pay separate for that. Okay, which leads me to the third kind of table service. Uh, so we talk character meals is technically a table service. Elite dining experience is technically a table service. And the third is table service. That's a table service. Amazing. Um, most of these table services are going to require, I don't know of any that don't, advanced dining reservations um, unless you just get insanely lucky, like there's a slow time in the park. There have been very few times where we've ever been able to walk up and get a reservation it, it does happen. It does but happen, but it's going to be in, like, the middle of January. Do not count on it. Do not count on it. Very, very rare to just walk up and get it, especially a character meal reservation. Oh, yeah. It's very, very rare. Um, again, table services are in parks and they're in resorts. Some are more formal, like California Grill or um, La Soleil, uh, that has, has clothing requirements. And I think people miss that. Um you know, if you're planning on eating at California Grill, they're going to make you put on a jacket. Which restaurants don't require clothes? I, they'll, have to, they'll have to wear clothes. That'll be, I don't know, sometimes you get to the uh, the water parks, <laughs> right? You're like, woo! Um, some are super informal, like uh, Crystal Palace, Rose and Crown, things like that. You know, where it doesn't, or, you know, even, um, what's the one that's got the aquarium on it? Coral Reef. I mean, Coral Reef has no dining. So, just make sure that you look and see. Um, often, the, the cost is going to give you a pretty good idea of if it's potentially going to be more posh. But, boy, I love California Grill. Oh, mm, some of the best food I've ever had. If you have a dining plan, you need to pay attention to how many dining credits you have used. Um, alcohol is not included unless you add it as part of your dining plan. So make sure that you know which type of dining plan that you are getting. Um, there's different levels of that too. So make sure that you are paying attention to that. He's like, we haven't used a dining plan in so long. Um, we don't use dining plans very often. I don't think, I think they're great if you're trying to go as low maintenance as possible. Well, and... As you're doing your planning and you see, oh, I want to eat at this place and this place and this place and this place, the more places you want to eat, the more likely you will need the dining plan mm -hmm. to save money. Oh, that's a great if point. If you're only going to... Especially if they're at, all table services. Yeah, if you're only going to eat at a few table services over a week, 
do not do the dining plan. Mm. But if you if you want to eat at seven or eight, have at it. This is why it helps for people to work mm. with travel agents, though, because they'll help you look and see yes. what you really want, yes. um, and then make make a recommendation based on mm. that, so that you don't overspend or underspend. Yes. I know in the past there's been promotions that they've run where you, they've given free dining. You know, if you get a free dining, then heck, head on down there, right? Eat up. Um, yeah, that's all you really need to know about table service, okay? So, that's the first level is table service. Table service includes table service, elite dining experiences, and character meals. The second level here is what they call quick service. They used to call it counter service, but now they call it quick service. Or maybe the vice versa of that. Um... Yeah, sometimes we call it counter service when we're talking about it. Uh, so this is the equivalent of fast food is the best way I can say it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, some of you can grab your food, sit down at a table around that area. Others are really more grab and walk, depending on how the layout of that particular place is. Some have indoor settings. Some have outdoor setting. They're usually less expensive than table services, but they're still not cheap. So don't get too excited. And we're talking burgers, hot dogs, fries. Chicken. Yeah, nuggets, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Pizza. Um, you do not have to have a reservation for any quick service. Correct. I think a lot of people do not know that, and they start panicking, saying, "I really want to eat it." You don't need. If it's quick service, you can walk right up to it. For example, we if we go to Disney World, we are going to have a hot dog from Casey's Corner, which is a quick service, um, which means you're just going to have to stand in line. <laughs> and now with the mobile ordering, it should be interesting to see how that. Yeah. If that helps, you not have to stand in line so much. But if it's a quick service, you don't need a reservation for that. If you're a dining plan, however, you do need to keep up with how many you have had. Um, because what happens is, is on a reservation, they take all your table services and all of your quick services and your snacks, and they put them in one pot, basically. Uh, and you can pull from that. So make sure that, you know, to your, your teenagers don't go off and have themselves a little extra hot dogs without you knowing it and burn up two of your counter services. Okay? The next section you've got are snacks. If you are on the dining plan, you can really use these to supplement your food uh, if you know what's what. We're, we're going to try in the future, especially next time we can get down there, to look at what snacks are going for different things to give you some new numbers on that. But usually any kind of ice cream, water bottle, Mickey bar, chips, Rice Krispie treats, Stuff like that usually can be indicated as a snack. It will be marked um, that it's a snack, so make sure you check ahead of time. And some are are bigger and more filling than others. Some are huge so and some, some are tiny. Some you can use one snack credit and two or three people might eat Absolutely. them. Same thing with table service. Sometimes like a, like getting a pizza delivered to your resort, sometimes those pizzas are, are big enough to feed three people, and it, and it counts as one table service credit. So knowing that sort of stuff can really help you. Um don't forget you can bring in your own snacks, you guys, but bruised bananas and crunched up crackers aren't usually all that tasty when you're looking. Well, they're tasty, but they're not as good as looking at that Mickey bar. So the temptation definitely changes. So those are really your options. You've got table service, you've got quick service, and you've got snacks. The only thing you need advanced dining reservations for are table service meals. Characters, character meals are all considered table service. Okay, shall we move on to selecting fast passes? Yes, ma'am. Anything else people need to know? I'm sure there is. Uh, we don't know what the dates are going to be right now, how far in advance you're going to have the option on that, because, again, we're in the middle of COVID, so make sure you check that uh, and see. So let's move on to selecting Fast Passes, because we get a lot of questions um, about this. A Fast Pass is basically 
a time that you book at a particular attraction to have a shorter wait. Uh, it's more complicated than that, but that's the, sort of the lamest terms. Here's the big thing you need to know about Disney. You do not pay for fast passes. Okay? It's not like Universal where you have front-of-the-line passes or whatever and you have to pay extra money for that. Fast passes are included in the cost of your ticket that day. And that is the cost, whether you are on property or off, off property, it's the same thing. You do not pay for fast passes. So you are foolish to not book fast passes because if you've got a park ticket, you have a minimum of three fast passes you can use per ticket. Right? Yes. Okay, so you do not pay, hear me again, you do not pay for Fast Passes. It's included in the price of your park ticket at Walt Disney World Resorts, okay? If you are staying off property, uh, if you're staying on property, you have a huge advantage getting Fast Passes because they allow you to book your Fast Passes significantly earlier than people who are staying off property. So they set a certain amount, make sure that I'm talking about this right, they set a certain amount of Fast Passes that they're going to have over the course of the day, they space them out over time so nobody's standing in a line for too long. And it's it's first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. So if you're on property and you get to come in earlier, then you're 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 gonna have a better pick of times yes. than people who are off property. Yes. So that's one of those advantages that you pay for when you look at the time versus money question. Absolutely. Fast passes are one of the only things at Disney that's free. Let me say that again. It's <laughs> one of the only things at Disney that's free, other than maybe water. Um it, this is different than Universal, Six Flags, things like that, where you pay for those other prices. So definitely use them. You book these through the computer online at the Walt Disney World website or through an app um, as you're allowed to. So that's where you go to book these. Again, if you are working with an authorized travel agent, they can book all this for all you, this for you. Um, that Your Fast Passes are all in the same park on the same day. Yes? Until you cross three. Right. Okay, so explain how that works. <clears throat> so you have three fast passes that you can use. So let's say you're in Magic Kingdom and you book, you've got Peter Pan, you've got Big Thunder Mountain, you've got Splash Mountain. Once you've done those three rides, you can book another fast pass. Now it's going to be limited because, like you said earlier, lots, most of the fast passes are going to be gone for the big rides. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can get one that will save you a few minutes at uh, another ride right. that's not you know one of the big major rides. Right. But <clears throat> is, is this the time to get into how our strategy or is that Yeah, right? I mean, I'm, I'm so, sure they're happy to, to find out. A lot of people, that is their strategy. It's book, the, book their fast passes early in the morning and then see what else they can get later in the afternoon and take their chances and maybe a, a Space Mountain fast pass will pop up or you know, one of the big rides. What we like to do is get to the park at park open. There's nobody in these lines right now when the park opens. We go ride big rides for the first hour or two of the morning before the lines get crazy long. Then we take our afternoon break, and then we go back to whatever park we have our fast passes booked for that afternoon or evening, and now we've got big rides that we've got fast passes for in Hollywood Studios, let's say. So we we do big We rides. book the second half of the day, not yes, the first half of the correct. day. Because again, the first half of the day, if you can beat those late risers, you can ride a lot of big rides with no weights anyway. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Um 
Yeah, you only get three to begin with. Once you actually use those, you can go on the apps or to a station and get those other things. But again, if you use the strategy we use... We rarely use more than three. We rarely use more than three. But we ride six or seven big rides in a day yeah. because of how we do it. Yeah. Um, certain attractions are going to be gone extremely fast. The more popular the ride and the newer, I would say, yes. the more likely it's going to be gone. So right now at the time of this recording... In July of 2020, Star Wars is going to go fast. Avatar Land is going to go fast. Well, and Disney puts these out in tiers. So you can't, let's say Epcot, you don't get Test Track and Soarin'. You can get one or the other. Right. So again, this is where your strategy works really well, right? So you go ahead and book Soaring for the afternoon, and the first ride we ride first thing in the morning at Epcot is Test Track. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll teach you some more strategies. We'll, we'll spend more time on this as we go along, but this is just a, sort of a, a tips uh, presentation, so that's a big one. Okay, let's move on to choosing your resort versus going off property. We really have to do this on a pros or cons list, I think, yeah. um, because there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to every single one of these things. So let's go with the pros of staying on property first. Okay. Um, the first pro I would say is that if you fly, you can take the Magical Express bus, which is awesome when you're exhausted from flying. Um, you also get to book your fast passes earlier than other people, and you get to book your ADRs, your advanced dining reservations, earlier than people staying off property. All three of those things. Okay. I don't know about the ADRs. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, yeah. You can take advantage of Disney's transportation. You will never need a car, I would say, unless you're going to a different park. If you're going to like Universal or right. going to Legolands or whatever, right. if you're staying at Disney and you're going to nothing but Disney par- Disney parks, you won't need a car that whole entire time that you're there. Disney transportation will get you anywhere you need to go. Uh, you also don't have to pay parking that way, which I think is an advantage. Uh, I think it's way easier to go back to your resort for a midday nap yes. when you are on property, which we highly advocate for. If you have not heard our case for having a midday nap, go back and listen to section one of the things to think about of our podcast. Um, I, I just think it's nice to not have anywhere to drive even after the la- a long day. So even if the buses are crowded, just the fact that I don't have to drive and, and combat I four traffic sounds good to me. Or get lost, just get going back to lost. if you are on property. Yeah. Um, if you're on property, mm. you're sort of in a bubble. You're always in the magic. And I hear people talk about the bubble a lot, um, which means customer service is going to come at the Disney level. And every meal, every interaction with a cast member, every pool, right, you're going to get high, high level customer service. And if you don't, then you can absolutely go and complain, and they will do their best to make that right, which you can't necessarily do at a Holiday Inn. Right? Um, You don't have to fight Orlando traffic, which I think is really, really important. We have many times taken our our chance and stayed at a uh, off-property in a nice house and been in war with I-4 traffic. We found some good shortcuts here lately, though. Um, Also, if you have a split-age family like we do, we have older set and we have a younger set, um, you can split up a whole lot easier... Uh, if they can get themselves back and forth on a Disney-designated bus. Like, it's pretty hard to mess that up. If they know the name of your resort, then they can get back to your resort. So it allows you to do that if you have a, let's say you got a kid that's in utter meltdown or somebody's misbehaved, you could take that kid on back to the resort and the older kids don't necessarily, or the, whoever's behaving doesn't have to suffer in the same sort of way. I would say those are the major pros of staying on property. You yes. can get everywhere you need to go faster. Yes. Okay. 
let's talk about the cons of on property. Number one would be it's, it's usually more expensive. Yes. Um, there are places that are more expensive than the all-star resorts um, that you can stay off property. The all-star is, is I would say, the, the lowest cost tier of Disney resorts. The value values is usually going to be in one of the all-star movies, sports, or music. music. Um, but as a general rule cost is going to be that it's going to be higher than it would be for a regular hotel room but remember you're paying like we talked we pay for all this pros too you're paying for that in addition to the room and you also have to pay for parking every day if you stay off property which we haven't talked on property yet we're still talking about the cons to the on property i guess you're saying okay, okay. um Another con to staying on property is it's uh, it's harder to get to other theme parks in Orlando so if you've got kids that are there with you or, or anyone who's there with you who is like, we're going to Harry Potter land two days of this trip. It's, you can do it. It's just a hassle. There's no buses that run between them. You're going to have to get a Uber or rent a car or drive your own car, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's hard. Okay. If you're on property, it's hard to get between resorts. Um, it's, if you've got a car, then you know you can just drive drive between them. Even if you're on property, that's not a big issue. But if you are at the mercy of the Disney transportation, you have to you have to really plan out your route ahead of time. And a lot of people don't know Disney World well enough to kind of know their route. So again, another another reason to work with a, a travel agent that can tell you a good route. Um, you're also at the mercy of buses arriving and departing uh, when you are on property. Um, so sometimes like there've been times where we've not waited any time at all for a bus to come to take us to the park. And there's been times where we waited 25 minutes. We have changed which park we were going to in the morning <laughs> based on the buses. A hundred percent true. hundred percent true. And same thing, um, at night. Oh my gosh. When you are leaving, trying to leave Magic Kingdom at night and everybody's leaving right after fireworks and you keep seeing like the high-end buses come to get their people and here you are like value resort 45 minutes later and then they're still like they're still so packed in like sardines again with COVID I have no idea how I would imagine wait times are going to significantly change um I wouldn't think in Greece who knows um going home can be insanely crowded uh we have we've had many times on a bus where you are nose to armpit um with sweaty people But not always. Depends on the resort. Um, paying for parking is what we were talking about before is a huge con. If you are if you are staying on property and you have driven your car, I think having to pay for parking to park your car at the resort and then paying for parking if you decide to drive your car to yeah. If you're on property, you don't have to pay for parking at the parks. Oh, you don't? No. Sweet. You're paying at the hotel. You're paying at the hotel. That's right. That's right. Good point. Um, the other thing is you're not going to get a free breakfast <laughs> like you would at a regular hotel. Oh, no. Or <laughs> no, no free continental breakfast. No free continental <laughs> breakfast. The only thing free <laughs> at Disney World is fast passes and water. That's it. Um, let's talk about the off-property pros. Um, okay. I think saving money has got to be one of the biggest ones. If you are a family larger than six, you can save a lot of money being off-property. Yeah, which several times we've rented houses with other Two or three families, families, and you've got your own pool. You, you may be several miles away from the parks, but you're saving a lot. You're of always money. gonna you're always gonna work time and money, time and money, time and money, time and money. Um, 
Properties have kitchens, can save you a whole lot of money if you're off property because you can cook. You can get a three bedroom kitchen living room, sometimes with its own pool sometimes, for what you can get a one bedroom resort on property at times. It depends, again, time of the year, which property you're looking at, all of that goes. If you are um, if you have a large family, like George was just saying before, or you're traveling with extended family, sometimes having the space <laughs> is really great. Um, it's just sometimes having your kids together all in such close quarters makes them just a little bit crabby. You will definitely have more privacy if you rent a house. Not so much privacy uh, at a resort. Agree? I agree. I agree. Um, dining off property is usually... Dining... Yeah. Dining on property is usually more expensive. So when you dine off property, you can save money... Mm -hmm. Uh, at a McDonald's, for example, um, in a way that's a little bit more difficult. So when you go home for that midday nap, right, you can pick up lunch on the way instead of eating in the park sometimes. Or you go to Walmart and stock up with groceries and cook the hamburgers. Yeah, the I mean, the off-property pros is really, really comes down to money savings, yes. I think, more than anything else, especially if you're sharing a house across multiple families. Um, okay, let's talk about the cons to off-property. Um, the first one is that if you fly and you're off-property, then you're going to have to rent a car... <laughs> Uh, if you drove yourself, it doesn't really matter. Um, rental cars are not, in my experience, are not horribly expensive in Orlando. But remember, if you have that, you might have to pay parking. Even at if even if you're not at a Disney property, you might have to pay parking um, at your resort. So there's like there's been a resort that we've stayed at before where we had a parking cost. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you drive your vehicle to the park, which you will have to do if you are staying off property, you will be paying parking at the park. Correct. And that can add up. But if you if you have hop park hoppers and you go to Magic Kingdom in the morning and Epcot in the evening, you don't have to pay twice. Right. Your same ticket will get you free free parking at Epcot. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> uh, you may save money buying groceries, but you also will have to enter the busiest Walmart in the world. At all times of at the day. At all times. Three o'clock in the morning, it's the busiest Walmart in the world. Um, you can pay for grocery delivery. That's happening more and more. I think they've had a lot of success with that. Um, I would I would advocate for that. Don't go don't go fighting that Walmart if you can at all avoid it. Um, like I said, parking costs can add up. Um, beyond that, however, parking is a huge hassle when you have to ride the tram. You have to refind your car after you've parked. You're exhausted. Magic Kingdom is the worst. I agree. Uh, where you park, then you go ride the tram, and then you have to go ride a monorail or a boat to, to get to the park. So you've got to allocate a good amount of time to get to the park. It takes longer to get there than mm -hmm. you think. Yeah. Uh, another con to staying off property, you really leave the bubble. I mean, you're dealing with people that live there, yes. right? So you're dealing with crazy traffic. People that live there need to shop, new their day. You know, it's it's kind of like my one of my best friends lives in New York, and she hates tourists more than life itself, you know, because she lives there. And so you've got Orlando people that are that same way. There's always tourists being stupid uh, in your local Target, right? So maybe, maybe less inclined to be as kind to you as they are in the Disney bubble. Uh, it is a huge pain, you guys, when some members are ready to go and other people are not. Um, when one kid, kid needs to nap and everyone has to leave because there's only one way to get around, you also have to keep better tabs on everybody. It's harder to split up in the park because you all have to leave at the same time. Um, that, to me, is 
maybe if you don't have teenagers, that's maybe not as big of a deal. Right. Um, but it, it's definitely an advantage, I think, when one person's like, I'm tired, I'm done. And, you know, even if you're in a two-family, two yeah. that, that one, or one person's like, we, um, we've had times where you and the big kids have gone on to the parks, and me and the little kids are like, mm, I gotta let them sleep a little bit longer, because they're crazy. Um, and we weren't, you know, we weren't interested in riding the big roller coasters anyway, so. Well, also, uh, we were there when Toy Story Land opened, and they were opening Hollywood Studios at 7 o'clock every morning, so the big kids and I got up early and went to Hollywood Studios several mornings that, that mm-hmm. trip, while you slept with the, the younger kids to, before we had breakfast. Yeah. Uh, I would say <laughs> the last thing that would be an on, off-property con would be that park hopping is more difficult um, because you have to leave the park, go find your car, get in your car, drive to the next park, go park again at the next place, drive, walk into the park again. You know, it's just well, and the only, multiple steps. Yeah, the only way to... You, you can avoid that, but if you park hop from Magic Kingdom to Epcot... You got to park. You got to get back to the yeah, Magic Kingdom at, the at end, night. At the end of the night, and then you got to go to Magic Kingdom and then find your car if you don't. So it's it's still a hassle. It's still a hassle, yeah. So um, I what we what I would say as far as choosing your resort or going off property, it really comes down to money. It yes. Comes down to your budget line yep. and how much time and convenience you're willing to trade off for dollars. Absolutely. Um, you can have a good trip either way. I think that's really important to say. We've done both multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's the last one. Last big thing we want to talk about here in this three-part series of things to think about is the Walt Disney World app. Um, I would say it is super important, more now than ever, especially because the mobile you can do the mobile food ordering also through the Disney app. Uh, it's called the My Disney Experience app. It costs you nothing to download that. Um, this app will allow you to book and change your dining reservations. It will allow you to book and change your fast passes. It shows you the maps and where you are in each park, which is especially helpful if you're lost or if one of your kids calls you and they're lost. You can you can at least look on your map and see where you are in proximity to where they are. Uh, it has your ticket numbers in it. If you lose your Magic Band, you can just take your app up there and they can reissue you a ticket you can order food and pick it up it shows you wait times for rides which is really huge um it has a times guide in it that will show you what time different character experiences are happening what time parades happen fireworks shows things like that so it's sort of in your hand um times guide and then photo pass which is now called memory maker is also on that app um where that would allow you to see and purchase your professional and ride, ride photos um, that were taken in the park. So the app is, I do not go to Walt Disney World without this app <laughs> downloaded. Um, there's other apps that, we, that we've used along the way. There's another one that you, there's a Watt, when you rate it, what is it called? It's when you wait in line, there are things that you can do, play Disney Experience or something like that. He's going to look it up. Also, just having things like um, being able, like we play heads up sometimes when we're playing in the line, something that just distracts us along the way. Yeah, it's called Play Disney. It's called Play Disney. That will give you, while you are in the line, it gives you different things to look for. And when you ride a ride, a badge pops up on your on the app and all. But it's it is, gamification. It's separate from the My Disney Experience. Not the same app. My Disney Experience is the most important one. Yes, you must have that. And again, Play Disney doesn't cost you anything either. Correct. 
Um, so definitely apps that you would do. All right, so in today's section, we have given you a ton of information. We talked all about advanced dining reservations and the different types of dining. We talked about selecting fast passes, how to choose your resort or whether you should go off property. And we talked to you about the Walt Disney World app. We hope that these three together have given you some really good tips on planning your next Disney vacation. But if after hearing this, you're completely and totally overwhelmed and you're like, dude, we just it's just too much, then please reach out to us at wearethatdisneyfamily.com and we can help you. It doesn't cost anything to work with a Disney authorized travel agent. And we would love to help you have the best trip ever. Um, last thing, is there anything else that just pops out that you're like, man, and make sure you plan. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Uh, you said it when you said make sure you plan. Make sure you plan. Uh, do not do not wing it. I think that's a lot of times people tell me they've had a horrible vacation because they haven't really thought about. It. Don't over plan though. I would suggest yeah, is another. Don't stress big part. You out. Don't stress yourself out planning because that's easy to do. No, well. and I've seen people that they get almost militaristic, right? Like, nope, we've got to march across the thing and go. And everybody's mad and frustrated. And don't overplan. Give yourself opportunities for if a if a dance party pops up in the middle of you walking to another ride that you participate in that. Yes. Sometimes those things are the are what everybody remembers. So there's a balance between planning. But the things that we've talked to you about in this series, this three part series, really are things that need to be thought about prior to you going to your Disney vacation. Agreed. All right. Well, if you want to see our show notes, you can go to our website, www.wearethatdisneyfamily.com, and you can see these notes that will tell you everything we just talked about today. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us if you think we're doing a great job. If you have any questions that you'd like to have us answer, then you can absolutely ask us those along the way, and we are happy to help you any way we can. Um, we hope you have an amazing Disney vacation. Disney is supposed to be about fun, not misery. So, if you think about these things in advance, you will have a much better time. All right, everybody, have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed spending time with our crazy family. Please take a second to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And visit our website, www.wearethatdisneyfamily.com for more great planning tips. See you real soon.